This is the All Into Clemson Football Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Clemson Tigers. What's up, everybody? Briley here, along with my guy Carter, and we are here today to give you a recap of Clemson's massive victory over the Miami Hurricanes over the weekend. They won 42-17 to to extend their regular season winning streak to 36 games. That ties, ironically, the 1985-88 through 88 <laughs> Hurricanes for the third longest streak in college football history. How about that? That's a lot of wins. That's good because they won't have another three weeks to extend that winning streak because they just have off weeks, bye weeks for the next three weeks. That's it until they play Notre Dame. Yeah, you look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if we need to record episodes at this point. If they play like they did on Saturday, then they'll definitely be bye weeks. Yes. Well, thankfully, those games count for their streak. But uh, Georgia Tech's coming up here and I don't expect that to be close based off of their performance tonight. I don't think so. Probably not. Hey, you've got a quick update for us on the uh, score count here in this series between Miami and Clemson, right? Yes, I do. Uh, not to rub it in anymore to uh, no, please do. Miami fans. Don't even I apologize. I doubt they're listening now. Uh, <laughs> so the last three meetings that Clemson has played at Miami, Clemson has outscored Miami 138 to 20. <laughs> <laughs> and think of it this way. Miami put up 17 points this weekend. <laughs> And you can do the math for the rest of the last two games. <laughs> that's a pain- 138 to 20. That's a painful streak, <laughs> especially for a program that so badly wants to be back. They want to be elite. They're just not there yet. Uh, well, I mean, this was just a great performance by Clemson. And really, there's nothing to be embarrassed about if you're Miami at this point, because every team gets whipped by Clemson like this. And I think Tony Elliott, uh, Clemson's offensive coordinator, had a great quote after the game. Here's what he said about Clemson's performance. The biggest thing for us, we talk about, and, and definitely a ton of respect for Miami, but for us, it's all about how we prepare and how we play and how we perform. Okay, so that was Tony Elliott's nice way of saying, Miami sucks, <laughs> and the only team that can beat us is us. That would that would make it into our useless, our worthless sound collection, I think, if he said those exact words. But... Yeah, guess what? The only team that's going to be Clemson this year is Clemson. And that's only if they don't play to their standards, which so far this season, we had some questions coming out of the Virginia game, but they've played really well so far this season. Yeah, I mean, that's the mindset to have. If you're the elite team, it's only up to what you do. It doesn't matter what the other team does. If you're the best, then you're going to win. It doesn't matter who you're playing. So Exactly. And of course, it helps that you will next week get Georgia Tech. So... They don't even have to play their best for that. <laughs> okay. Like get too excited here. We're still football. <laughs> yeah. You never know what's going to happen, but let's go ahead and break this game down. I pointed out, or I, I took notes of some pivotal plays throughout this game, and they all happened to be in the first half because come the second half, the game was out of reach. And actually, you made a great point in this preview game. You you had a great prediction of what this game was going to be like. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, basically, I was saying that Clemson's going to jump out to a couple touchdown uh, lead, and then Miami's just not going to be able to come back from that. Like, they kept the, the score. was somewhat close. The ending score is obviously a little bit more, but they kept it close throughout the game, but it just didn't feel like a game at all, though. No, actually, even in the first half, you you got the sense that it, this game was not even as close as the score. Oh, yeah. Was. It was 14 nothing before we even blinked. <laughs> yeah, and so. then it stayed that way for a while, and Clemson was dominating. I mean, 
the way if you didn't have the scoreboard ticker at the bottom, you would have thought the game was 31 zip yeah. at that point. But uh, credit to Miami for second close, at least for the first half. OK, so the first pivotal play for me, and this is where it all went south uh, for Miami, was uh, the Clemson's first drive. Miami stops them, get, gets them into a, a fourth down situation. And that play, Trevor Lawrence probably made his only bad throw of the night. Uh, and it didn't count, but he uh, he just lined it up to the receiver on the sideline. And uh, Miami's defensive end actually almost picked the ball off. And that would have been it. That would have been the end of the drive because that was fourth down. But it just happened that that Miami defender was actually offsides before the play happened. And he dropped the interception, double whammy. <laughs> uh, but it didn't count. And after that, two plays later, Clemson was in the end zone too. And the game was over. <laughs> yeah, and the game was over at that point. Uh, but it was too. I need to brag about myself for a little bit here. You know, you know the name Brandon Galloway? Brayden. You probably don't know. Bur- you don't even <laughs> Brandon. know who you're talking about. <laughs> Let's not brag about yourself yeah. here. <laughs> Brayden Galloway. Uh, in the preview episode, I said that this is this might could be and it should be his breakout game. And lo and behold, it was a heck of a breakout game. That's for right. Him, two touchdowns, uh, and he he put up the first touchdown for Clemson. But that was sort of the first b- pivotal play where you're like, okay. Uh, that was a missed opportunity for Miami. And it also showed, I mean, Miami had a ton of penalties in this game mm-hmm. uh, that really hurt them. And I, it was just, this is that's what this game turned into. It was just like, okay, they're going to miss these opportunities and they're going to get a bunch of penalties. You don't beat Clemson doing those sort of things. So that was the first pivotal play in my book. Yeah. Uh, second one that we have here, uh, we have, if you could recall back to the start of the second quarter, um, I can. You can. You got the whole game memorized. Yeah. Clemson was at the goal line. And if this is ETN's touchdown, where the whole, it was a run up the middle and it was stuffed. But then out of nowhere, he just bounces it out to the outside. That was kind of just to show the entire game that Clemson, like, doesn't matter, didn't matter what Miami did. Like, Clemson just had their way with anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> even when Miami played well, it still yeah, wasn't like good. Yeah. Like, they enough. stuffed the run and he's like, all right, well, I'll just run to the outside. So, yeah. Yeah, that was an awesome play. ETN played great, and we'll talk about that in a bit. And that actually capped off an 89-yard uh, touchdown drive with several third and third uh, and long conversions, which we'll also talk about here in a bit. But um, yeah, I mean, that was a great play. I love ETN. These last two games has just been on fire. So um, that's a cool thing to see. It's running over everybody. Exactly. <laughs> I would not want to meet him anywhere. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Well, the next play we've got for you is uh, maybe not a positive play. In fact, it's not a positive play. And you were saying before we even started recording, you're like, is this even a pivotal play at this point? But yeah, it, it sort of kept Miami in the game, at least somewhat. Yeah, time. it was Frank Latson's drop on third and 16. Like Trevor Lawrence threw a dime to him on the run and he just dropped it. Like you hate to call him out too much because... I mean, he still did play pretty good throughout the game, but like that was a pretty big drop on third and 16, especially with how often Clemson has put themselves in long third downs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that was another easy third and long conversion actually for them. But Mm -hmm. yeah, they could have gone up 21 to zip and really put this game away even earlier. But hey, they can't be perfect, you know, and he actually came back and redeemed himself. He caught uh, a ball, a a more difficult pass, actually, a little bit later. But um, yeah, we need to get him going here a little bit more okay so again these are all in the first half but the next the the last pivotal play that i have written down here uh is actually not really just one play but multiple plays so uh the only real success successful play that miami has had was a scramble by Derek king 
um, where he went for like 60 something yards or I forget what it was exactly, uh, but they got him down close into the red zone. But then the next three plays, Clemson's defense stuffed the Canes uh, and they forced them to kick a field goal at that point. And again, this game would have been totally different if Miami was able to punch in, punch it in at that point. I think it was 14 zip. And I mean, you're talking about a real game at that point if they're yeah. only down a touchdown. And, uh, you know, we saw the rest of the game, but you know how momentum works. So, you know, it, this game could have been very different at that point. It's difference, huge difference from a touchdown and a field goal. Exactly. And we're not the only ones who noticed this. Dabo had something to say about those plays as well. I thought one of the better uh, moments in the game was when we gave up the long you know, run there uh, and we, we, we played red zone defense and held them to a, a kick. Uh, to me, that was huge. It was huge. And of course, there were some big plays in the second half. You have um, Travis Etienne's long touchdown run, which really kind of put the nail in the coffin. Of course, you have Trevor Lawrence, his spike and his trash talking throughout the game. Oh, yeah. And actually, that's a good segue. Let's go ahead and move into our takeaways. And that's a good segue because my first takeaway is this came, this team came out with some attitude today. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Yeah. I likey likey. It was <laughs> that was fun to see. Okay. We're so used to Clemson sort of being this lovable giant juggernaut. You know, Dabo's kind of goofy. His team sort of has taken on that persona. And you don't often see them get, you know, like unsportsmanlike penalties and those sort of things, which we don't obviously want. But but if you're gonna get it, it might as well be against Miami and you might as well be up big on them. Yeah, but those penalties weren't for anything dirty or anything. Those were just in the moment type excitement, like celebrating. Like it wasn't yeah. dirty, so all for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I mean, I like I said, I already said I loved it. There's no other. <laughs> I literally loved it. So, uh, but yeah, specifically, it's kind of from these le- the leaders on the offense. You saw Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that he came to play today. <laughs> he brought his A game and he got smashed around today. Oh my goodness, he got laid out a few times. Yeah, after the game, he said that he was definitely sore. And I wish uh, the reporters had talked to him a little bit more because they only asked him about the hit where he got the wind knocked out of him. Um, but he took some blows to the head, uh, a couple of targeting calls. Uh, guys got thrown out because when they hit him. And uh, he, I mean, he just stood strong. And what I really love to see was, and you just don't see this from him very often. He's kind of quiet, um, has kept to himself during games. But this game, he was up in the defenders' faces. Every time it seemed that they had a close-up shot of him after a play, he was jawing back and forth with the Miami players. And uh, I just love that. That was that edge that you just love to see. And of course, um, you know, there was the uh, the spike <laughs> the infamous spike at this point. And I love how everyone is treating this at this point. Uh, it's sort of like, hey, he scored a touchdown. Hey, we love that fire. But hey, we don't want him to do that again. You know, the spike. But hey, let's keep that fire. So here's what Tony Elliott had to say about the spike. Wouldn't like, would like to see him not spike the ball there uh, to get the penalty. Uh, but again, that just goes to illustrate how competitive he is. We'll deal with that. But, uh, uh, but at the same time, too, man, you just love the fire that, uh, and the toughness that Trevor plays with. Obviously, like I just said, they love the fire. Just don't get the penalty next time. It was kind of like a weak little spike, too. He just kind of... I have a little take on this, all right? Ooh, okay, I like After this. After what I just said, what they did wasn't dirty or anything. Next time, I mean, Trevor Lawrence gets so much trash talk thrown his way and everything. Next time, I want him to just spike it right in front of the player he scores on and get <laughs> in his face. If you're going to get called for the penalty, 
make, make it, it worth it. it. Like, <laughs> it's going to be 15 yards anyways. Just spike it right in his, like, Gronk spike right in the dude's face. Let's let's make it even better. Why don't he just spike it into his face mask? <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. That would definitely be worth it. I feel it, like I after every touchdown, he should just spike it and just get the unsportsmanlike penalty every single time. See, the thing like, is, the penalty only... Is uh, it's added on to the kickoff, right? Yeah, who cares? BT Potter's got the leg; exactly. he can kick it out of the end zone anyway. So, now, do these do those unsportsmanlike penalties count towards? I think a player can only get two in a game. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that does for that or not. But hmm. if, if it does, you can still do it at least Here, once a game. Let me just get my rule book real quick and check it out. Not. You can still at least do it once a game. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that leaves us plenty of more games. He's got some time to practice there it. There you so. go. Uh, Dabo said something funny about Trevor, of course. Uh, as we talked about that, the hit that uh, knocked the breath out of him. Here's what Dabo had to say about that play. Yeah, he got the breath knocked out of him. I thought he milked that a little bit. That's what I told him. Um, you know, but he, was, he was just – he got hit right in the stomach. Uh, but he was – he was fine. I knew he was fine when I got out there. He was just, we all at some point probably had the breath knocked out of us and we know how that feels. Uh, takes a, takes a minute, but, uh, he, he, he bounced right up and uh, just like, just, just, I mean, nothing I see from Trevor shocks me, uh, other than him spiking the ball. I, I, I got it. I, I, was, I don't get an, I don't get a lot of opportunity to yell at Trevor. So had an opportunity to kind of get on him right there. He kind of, Lost his poise for a second. Oh, I forgot the the little bonus take there at the end where he got the he yelled at Trevor for the the penalty. Uh, but yeah, he milked it a little bit. It seemed like, and this was actually I know everybody's talking about the spike, but this was my favorite moment. And I wish the cameras had had stayed on him for a little bit longer because after the Miami player was thrown out for that weak targeting call, you heard me, weak targeting yeah, call, wasn't targeting. <laughs> um, Trevor appeared to be doing a little dance on the sideline after the breath was knocked out of him, of course. Should stick to spiking the ball. <laughs> no, I liked it. That's what I'm saying. I wish actually that'd be even better. He needs to combine the two after a score. He needs to spike the ball into the player's face mask and then do the little dance on top of him. <laughs> so you heard that here first. All right, Trevor, that's what we need you to improve on. And uh, you're not going to win the Heisman unless you do it. So, uh, all right, moving on. Speaking of players who came with an attitude, and he was a little bit more quiet about it, ESPN and, and Game Day did uh, a feature on how Travis Etienne is the superstar that you know the least about. Ooh. Unless you're a Clemson fan. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know all about him. I'm like, I think I know enough about him, although his press conferences are kind of weak. They're, he doesn't say a whole lot. But anyway, he's just a baller. He balled out today. Last week was kind of his breakout party against Virginia, and we talked about how he was the MVP. Well, this week, I think he was even better than Trevor. Trevor gets all the headlines, because, and especially this week, because he was so outgoing. But ETN, he played like Trevor's attitude. He just played it. That was the way he was today. And I really love, um, we said a couple of weeks ago, going into the Virginia game, we've been calling these things. And I just feel like we got to point that out because... <laughs> It's important Doesn't to happen me. often. <laughs> it's important to me that you know about this. But before the Virginia game, we said we need to get ETN the ball on the ground and through the air. Make him a big part of this receiving uh, attack. And this and is exactly what will happen. Games like this against Miami, this is exactly what will happen every single week. Absolutely. And I tell you what, it was almost like <laughs> it was it was sort of embarrassing for the Miami defense because Every time they went, Trevor went back to pass the ball, you saw ETN kind of leak out of the backfield and they would just hit him on these swing passes and he would go for 
15, 20, 25 yards, and it was usually on third, third and long. And man, he's just so dynamic out of the backfield. And so that, I mean, that was great to see. And uh, it's, it's really paying off. He's breaking tackles like crazy. My favorite question he gets asked in his pressers are these reporters are like, uh, Hey, Travis, uh, how do you break tackle so much? Is that like a mindset <laughs> or is that a, and he's like, yeah, I just break tackles. <laughs> so, um, what do you expect him to say? Yeah, like, what's he going to say? He's There's like, a strategy to it. Yeah. <laughs> I let them hit me in a certain spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just uh, juke them and they break. Um, but yeah, I mean, actually, the one thing that he does say, and I like this, is that he he has the mentality of no man, no one man can tackle him. And that's so true. He plays that way, and that's great. And it's paid off because... He broke Tim Tebow's record of the most games in a career with a touchdown. He's now up to 39 games. And that's incredible. I mean, that just goes to show. Did they state that fact during the game? Uh, maybe. I don't know. If not, then that just they're the reason why he's the unknown superstar. <laughs> like if they didn't, I must not have been paying attention to that part of the game. But like, I, I remember that. I think they did. They did. Okay. Um, I didn't watch it all with the sound on, but okay. um, we're talking about it now. We're doing our part there we to go. make sure that people know about him. So, yeah, takeaway number one is that those guys came to play with an attitude and uh, the rest of the team did, too. I mean, uh, we didn't even talk about this. The DK pushing the guy, the Miami wide receiver out of bounds after the ball sailed over <laughs> his head like 50 yards right in front of Manny Diaz. And Diaz was just losing his mind. He was like, whoa, that's penalty, penalty. And DK walking back like all swag like. And so it was funny. Uh, OK, so a couple of other random notes on the offense. Amari Rogers is clearly the top target for this team, at, at least at the wide receiver position. He had seven receptions for 62 yards. Um, Frank Ladson, we talked about him, had a couple of receptions, but nothing too uh, impressive. Uh, Braden Galloway obviously had his breakout game, four receptions for 74 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the offensive line, we this was one of the, the uh, key matchups that we were watching coming into this game. They only gave up one sack. Now, I, I mean, Trevor got hit a couple of times, but only one sack. And so they played really well. Um, and then the one downside that I keep seeing, and this is the second week in a row that we've seen this, is that the, is that, uh, the offense continues to get into these third and long situations. And they had 17 third downs, and the average yardage to go on those plays was nine yards. That's not what you want to see. So uh, we need to see those first and second downs get a little bit better. And then there were still some penalties as well. So those need to be cleaned up as well. But overall, just a good day by the offense. I did have a question, though, about the offense. I want to know what you think. There are a lot of screen passes and bubble screens for wide receivers. Do you like that? I just felt like they're like, especially the first half, there were a whole bunch of them. So th th this is how I viewed that, because I did notice that as well, especially after the first drive. They put up a graphic that said that Trevor was like seven of seven <laughs> so far to that point. I said, yeah, because he didn't throw it past yeah. the line of scrimmage. <laughs> uh, but so I think there are two reasons for that. One is I think they were trying to hit Miami. Um, they, they were trying to give them tempo, just like their, you know, the Miami's offense was trying to do. So I think it was a little bit of like we Clemson doesn't do a whole lot of that. And uh, well, I mean, it sort of has been an emphasis this year. Tony Elliott has talked about wanting to uh, run more plays. So I think it was part of that. And then the other thing was, I think maybe there was a bit of a concern about uh, Miami's defensive pass rush. And so okay. they wanted to get the ball out quickly. And uh, but yeah, I love actually the emphasis to Amari Rogers on that first drive. The first three plays were to him. And yeah. uh, 
yeah, but I, I think that's probably why they were doing okay. that. Uh, but yeah, so the offense was good. Second point was, hey, hey welcome to the party defense. <laughs> They've played pretty well up to this point, but not like the Clemson well that we're used to. But man, oh man, today they broke out and they played super well. Here's what Brent Venables had to say about it. A very complicated offense. You know what they do. Uh, they can just do so much um, in both the run and the throwing game. And I, to me, the most obvious thing, uh, other than just playing with great grit and toughness and uh, discipline and just having fun, was just watching them grow up tonight. You know, I really saw our guys start to. Again, I was thinking going into the game just for all the reasons that we all know, just from guys missing time and not being together, and you know, even in the summer, not not having a chance to develop your chemistry and. Uh, you know, just didn't feel like everything was just, yeah, we still had a lot of work to do, a lot of growing together to do. And tonight was, again, a small step in, in, in doing uh, just that. Yeah, and he's right about that. I mean, several players have missed a lot of time. The defensive line hasn't been whole yet. And this did definitely feel like a chemistry building game where they finally put things totally together and they found their guys for the rest of the season. And they, I mean, Miami's offense has been dynamic so far this season. And they shut them down. Yeah, that's what we were talking before we started recording that um, we were saying that Clemson's defense might even have played better than Clemson's offense, which is hard to say throughout this game because Clemson's offense played really well. But their defense, I think, stole the show, that's for sure. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we're used to the offense has so many superstars on it. And it gets most of the talk. That's just football talk. Everyone talks about the offense. Absolutely. But so we want to give them their little spotlight today because they played amazing. And Clemson's going to need them. This team is going to need them to play that way if they're going to compete with for the national championship. Although, I don't know. After this last Saturday, some of those scores, I mean, good night. Alabama giving up how many points? 45. Florida's defense is terrible this year. Um, I mean, this has not been the year for defenses. Let's put it that way. It's not, but also those scores that uh, Alabama and Florida still put up a whole bunch of points. So Clemson's defense better be ready to go. True. <laughs> yes. But that's the advantage that they have right now on all these other teams yeah, is that their yeah. defense looks solid. Uh, and, and that was sort of the big question coming into this game. So they answered the bell. They had a ton of uh, they put a ton of pressure on Derek King. They mostly shut him down, except for, you know, that long run and maybe a couple of other scrambles. He had one run, really. That's yeah. that's it. And he couldn't pass the ball at all because he was getting pressure on him like crazy. I mean, he never looked comfortable. Five sacks, 11 tackles for loss, 11 tackles <laughs> for loss. That's <laughs> that's dominating. That's for sure. Uh, they didn't have a turnover in the first half, but they had three picks in the second half. Uh, they looked great. My, this is, I mean, this is insane. Okay, so we we heard coming into this game, like Miami's going to run up-tempo. They're going to try to run 100 plays. That's what they said, 100 plays. Is that really what they said? Yes. <laughs> Guess how many plays they ran in the first quarter, the first 15 minutes of the game? Oh, it's got to be like 10 or 15 probably. <laughs> okay, well, that would have been low even too. They only ran six plays. <laughs> Incredible. Six plays, two possessions. They just dominated them. Uh, And David Hale of ESPN put out this tweet that speaks to Brent Venables. I mean, this guy is, he's the best defensive coordinator in the country, hands down, not even close. He said that since 2015, Clemson and Brent have uh, faced 25 ranked teams. 
none, none have scored more than 1% better than their season, uh, their season average scoring. So not, you know, not 1% better. Overall, those teams are averaging 20% fewer yards uh, per play and 44% fewer points per game. Clemson is 22 and three. That is insane. Wow. That even includes, I mean, I hate to bring up the national championship game from last season, but that Clemson actually did keep LSU below their season average. Uh, and so, I, I mean, it's just this defense, Brent Venables doesn't get paid enough. <laughs> and he gets paid a lot. Neither do the players. Oh, yes. But they're, I mean, they're coming out and they're, they're coming out like they're being paid <laughs> to play. I mean, they just put it together. And it was really great to see. We saw uh, um, Xavier Thomas came back for a couple of, of plays at the end of the game. This team isn't complete yet. I mean, once they get him back, they're going to be even more, have even more depth and talent on the line. And Tyler Davis, defensive tackle, is back as well. And he made a pretty good impact in this game. So the defense looked great. The offense looked great. Uh, but we're going to, we've got a couple of things to talk about after this. But uh, so we're not going to end on a down note. But our favorite, those special teams. <laughs> oh my goodness. Coming in clutch. Uh, <laughs> oh. when was the last time you saw a game that had three blocked kicks for one team who happened to win 42 to 17? <laughs> it didn't even matter. I, I, nothing on the top of my head. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that was rough to see. And, um, I, I don't know, is the curse back? Have we brought the curse down upon BT Potter again? I don't know about that. I it, Because if we did, we did something really bad this time because it came <laughs> back even worse than it did before in a special twisted way. Yeah. I never know who to put the blame on with a blocked field goal because obviously there's blocking, but then it's also on the kicker for not getting it up high enough. But then also there's the coach who sends him out there for a 61-yard field goal. Yeah, and Davo took responsibility for it. Uh, and here's what he had to say about that. That was a, that was a bad decision uh, on my part, but absolutely uh, he can make that kick. There's no doubt about it. I'd say it's only a bad decision because he didn't make it. Because he can make it. I yeah. think he's got the leg for it, obviously. So it's only bad for one. There are two reasons it's, it's bad. It's because not only did they miss it, <laughs> but two, Miami, I mean, what a great defensive play design yeah. so crazy but they they scooped it up they had the guy right in the proper position and they scored yeah, the guy didn't even try he didn't do anything he just went to the side and just waited for a block yes yeah. i've never happens. seen that before yeah. maybe maybe other teams do it but that was that was incredible so kudos to you miami you also realized that with that touchdown like miami only put up one offensive touchdown throughout the game which was a trash like garbage points basically so yeah. clemson's defense going back to their defense again only gave up one touchdown which was in garbage time basically yeah. so yeah really only a field goal yeah. i mean when the game was in question so yeah but now hey we're talking about special teams sorry, sorry. back to our other point but no I, I mean that's it really like just be better okay like just do better that's all <laughs> uh and I, I i highly doubt that they're ever gonna have three kicks blocked again in davos tenure you heard it here first. Not, not sure for the they'll. Rest. I'm not sure they'll try another 61 yard field goal either. <laughs> it's true. No, hope it doesn't come down to that. Yeah, I kind of hate it because I mean, obviously, BT Potter has had a great season so far, and I think he could have made it, and that would have been great. So I guess we'll never know because he's not going to get another chance at this point. Uh, so we'll need to clean up the special teams. But overall, listen, that was a great game. That's what you want to see uh, in a top 10 matchup. Matchup, and uh, I mean. 
Clemson came out and dominated, and there's just no other way around it. Miami still is not back, by the way. So that answered that question from our uh, preview episode if Miami was back or not. Well, I think we knew the answer to that before. <laughs> Manny <laughs> Navarro, who was here, also we'll see if this back, starts so. the downward trend of four or five losses in a row. Yeah, it'll be but. interesting because I mean, if they play well and they beat Notre Dame and Clemson beats Notre Dame, we could actually play Miami in the ACC championship again. It's true. We'll see. All right, let's finish today's episode out with our Tiger King of the week and our Carol Baskins of the week. <laughs> Before we do, though, let's take a quick 30-second break to hear from our sponsor, Anchor Podcasts. So why don't we start with, let's start with the good, because it's always more fun to end on the, on the negative, right? Uh, so let's let's start with our... <laughs> These weeks when there's really no negative to take away from the game. It's true. Uh, Normal weeks, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our, our Carol Baskins is a bit of an upset, I'd say. But uh, our Tiger Kings... Or as I wanted to call them, Tiger Princes. I told you that was a bad idea. Bad idea. Okay. <laughs> is and this is pretty obvious. It's gonna be Trevor Lawrence and and uh, ETN. I mean, come on. There's no there's no one else we can give it to. They led the team in. I was about to say they led the team in passing and rushing, but duh. <laughs> um, they led. <laughs> this the, is why we do this. Yes. <laughs> so you come for stats you, like this. Yeah, you come for that analysis, baby, <laughs> and you come back for more. Um, yeah, they just led the team. They came out with that attitude. That's what I wanted to see. They led this team to this victory. We're going to give it to them and uh, our Tiger Princes of the Week. The only time you'll hear that on this podcast. Okay, why don't you share with us your Carol Baskins? Well, like we said, there really were no negatives to this game. So we're going to have to just give it to uh, Hurricane Delta for not <laughs> showing up like some of the uh, weathermen say, said it would. Obviously, it did rain some, but... Uh, from you can see, it didn't affect the game at all. No, I'm sort of so, disappointed about that, to tell you the truth. Delta, ashamed of themselves, should be. It didn't show up. <laughs> oh, so it's multiple people. It, it, Hurricane Delta has like a staff of people on exactly, there. They should yeah. be ashamed of themselves. Okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sort of, I, I did think about that uh, start at the, the start of the second half, when it did actually start raining a little bit more. But yeah, it never got, it never affected. It didn't change anything. anything at all. It was a hullabaloo hullabal about nothing is what it turned out to be. There you go, good description. Both of the hurricanes were <laughs> all right so that's gonna do it for today's episode next week we're looking forward to this it isn't a bye week like we made a joke about okay don't worry there's clemson football they play georgia tech next saturday at noon game day will not be there in case you were wondering <laughs> uh, so don't get your hopes up for that of course this week we will be bringing you these our daily news updates on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then be back with us on Friday for the Georgia Tech preview episode. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Until we talk to you tomorrow, be good out there.